2: We're joined now by a man I have known a long time. You know, this fella worked has been working in Houston since before I worked.
1: Before you were Houston. born, before, I think.
2: No, see. no. He's not old. I'm saying that this man has some real chops in the business, unlike you and I. Okay. Uh, I, this is John McClain with the Houston Chronicle, longtime NFL writer. John, thanks for coming on with us. How long have you been at the Chronicle now, John?
0: This is my 42nd year on the Chronicle, 39th on the NFL, and then I worked 3 years for Dave Campbell at the Waco Tribune Herald while I was going to Baylor.
2: How about that? There's nobody better to work for than Dave Campbell, is there?
0: The legendary Dave Campbell is 92 years old who I'm planning to see this weekend when I go to Baylor's Kansas game and uh, Campbell is Still
2: going strong. How about that, isn't it? That's something. He's a, he's quite a story. He's one of my favorites.
1: Kevin was just telling me he just wrote a column this week, didn't
2: he? He wrote a column about with Nick Jost leaving uh, – uh, he wrote it for the pro football oh, okay. writers uh, about him leaving uh, the, the former – I guess we, we still call them SIDs. They've got fancy titles for him now. But anyway, he left to go to Missouri, left Baylor. so.
1: John, I got to tell you we have breaking Kevin and I were just having a little breakfast and a breaking news item came across the uh, sportsdaydfw.com about Tony Romo and I'm sure you'll be very interested to know this. This is big news in Dallas. Kevin tell him. He's expecting his third child in August.
2: Wow,
0: that is shocking. Congratulations to him and his wife.
1: That is called breaking that's
2: news. A, that, is, breaking news. That, is,
0: that is big. That is Big
2: time. Yes, it is big time.
0: He's not going to be able to take that monster pay cut now. Yeah, that's right. He wants to sign with a
2: good team. Yeah, that's correct. So speaking of which, uh, there's been much speculation about where Tony Romo will play next year. I want to first say that there's no doubt in my mind that he will play next year somewhere. It will not be for the Dallas Cowboys, but he will play somewhere next year. And, And among the speculation, the Denver Broncos, the Kansas City Chiefs, we've heard something about the Arizona Cardinals. Um, uh, but, uh, one it's right in your neighborhood. There's that perhaps the Houston Texans might be interested in Tony Romo. So what's, what do you hear?
0: Well, first of all, the Texans have three quarterbacks, Brock Osweiler, the Tom Savage and Brandon Wheaton, who won two games after the Cowboys cut him last year <laughs> he and, then, does he did. and didn't play this year. And, they would like, I believe, the opening day starter is going to be Tom Savage going into the last year of his contract. He cannot stay healthy. Each year he hasn't played much, but he's been hurt. And Osweiler, who because of his contract, everybody thought he was going to answer the problem here that's existed since the franchise inception in 2002. The best quarterback the Texans have ever had is Matt Schaub, And Matt had four good years before his meltdown in 2002. 13. So, once again, they're looking. And I don't expect them to cut Osweiler. I think he'll be back. I think he'll be a backup. And here's, here's the deal about Romo. They will kick the tires on every quarterback available. They would not trade for Romo. Cowboys are going to have to release him. And I, I feel bad for the Cowboys because if they kept him, they'd have the best quarterback situation in the NFL. But I think we all probably agree there's no way Jerry Jones is going to do that for a quarterback he likes so much. So if Romo is unrestricted, the Texans will check him out. For him to have a chance to play here, he would have to take an enormous pay cut. And there's a lot of teams out there, bad teams, that could pay him $20 million a year if they want to because they've got cap money to spend on anything they want. The Texans cap situation right now, after the hidden costs of the draft, not likely to be earned incentives, injured reserve, and other reserve lists. They'll have about $13 million in operating money. Their top priority is to re-sign their cornerback, A.J. who who's a star last year. They have two other key ones, an outside linebacker, John Simon, and tight end, Ryan Griffin. Those are the main ones, other than some guys that would be around a million. So if Romo wanted a chance to go to the Super Bowl, and he thinks the Texans would give him that chance, and he would agree to a really team-friendly contract, then I'm sure they would be interested. But I can't imagine when it comes down to it. No player, every player wants to get what he can get. And there's going to be somebody like, what about the 49ers, if they offered him a car catch contract to come in for a couple of years? But John, uh, John, I don't think-
1: John the, the the theory here is, or people who know say he wants to play for a a chance to go to the Super Bowl. He doesn't want to play right. for the 49ers. Right. So he's going to have to take a pay cut. 20
0: million a year compared to 2 million a year. Would he do that?
2: I don't I don't think he would, you know. I I think uh, there's I think when people say, "Oh, he might retire, he might go into broadcasting, he might do these other things." I think that it just just watching him last year, I think it just galled him no end that he lost that job and he understands why he lost it. But it, it, to, to think that the Cowboys were that close, they came back, they were really on the cusp of being pretty good and making a run for the Super Bowl, and he was not part of that. And I think he wants to prove to everybody that he was at least good enough to do what Dak Prescott did and maybe more. And so I, I think he uh, he's had a year now to, uh, to kind of get his back in better shape, and I think he feels good about that. I, I, I just – I think he knows if I go to a team – like the, like, the, like the Jets, if I go to the 49ers, if I go somewhere where, I can, where they would pay me to play, uh, but I'm going to get beat up and, I'm, and we're not going to win, and everybody's going to say, so what? So what if he came back? He wants to do what I, I really feel like the number one, his number one choice is Denver because of what, how it worked for Peyton Manning. And I think he thinks I got more left than what Peyton Manning had left when he took that job.
0: If he could stay healthy, yes, he would. The Texans' situation is this. With Osweiler at quarterback, only four teams went further than they did. Cowboys, I love to tell Cowboy fans down here, well, you know, they didn't go any further than the Texans. <laughs> and the fact is, go back to 1970 when the AFL and NFL had the merger. Only two teams here have gone further than the Texans did this year. That 78-79 Oilers. So that shows you how bad football has been here, and then the Texans, considering that Osweiler had 15 touchdowns, 16 interceptions, and a 72 rating, to still have only four teams get further than you did, no matter what the circumstances, uh, is a pretty good accomplishment. The the coaches here, Bill O'Brien is really tough on his quarterback. I think that was one of the problems, one of the reasons they're looking. I think Osweiler was used to being patted on the back in Denver instead of kicked in the butt. Like O'Brien does, some can handle it, some can't. But if Romo is a free agent, I guarantee you his agent will talk to the Texans and they'll be interested, but I'll still be surprised if they pull it off.
1: Could the, could the Texans' offensive line keep him upright?
0: It's funny about last year. They got big problems on the right side. They lost two starters, one at the beginning in preseason. Their center, Nick Martin, the backup, Greg Mans, played really well. Their right tackle, Derek Newton, went down with two ruptured quad tendons and a torn knee ligament. We're doubting that he'll be back. If he is, he needs to move to right guard. They had signed a free agent from Kansas City, Jeff Allen. He was a disappointment. And their backup right tackle, who had to start, Chris Clark, he was a disappointment. So their top priority, other than a quarterback, is a right tackle. And they need to fortify the right side of their line. what's funny, I looked this year. Teams gave up a lot of sacks. Texans gave up, I think, 32, and that was among the 10 fewest. But, you know, there have been years when teams give up 8, 9, 10, 11, something like that. So this year he would have gotten hit a lot. But, you know, thing about his back and his shoulder, he may never have another problem. And then he made the first hit, it may happen. And I would imagine – any contract he signs, he's going to get bonuses for games played, and there'll be big bonuses. And then, and if if they were to trade him, it would be a conditional pick, I'm sure. But I just can't imagine anybody taking taking on that contract.
2: No, I, I can't either. I, I don't think he'll be traded. I think that they'll they'll release him after the June first uh, cuts. Do you, do you? Uh, let me ask you this about Osweiler: Is it possible that he would take a pay cut, restructure his contract? So well, he got
0: 37 million guaranteed. He's due 16 million guaranteed this season, and the truth is, barring a miracle, he's going to be gone after next season. His cap, same thing as uh, just about the same thing as Romo, 25 before the June 1st designation. You know, you can designate two guys as June 1st cap casualties, and then you can go ahead and cut them whatever you want. And it would be 19 if they did it. And he's going to make 16 guaranteed, but I don't think they've given up on him after one year. I think they want to give him another year to let him compete to see if he can, that if he can be better. Um, he couldn't be any worse, that's for sure, at least no. not for the money they invested in him. It's so funny, guys. He had these little spurts, but not one time did he play a really good game. I'm not talking great. I'm talking about a really good game from start to finish, you know, a couple touchdowns, no interceptions. He threw for fewer than 200 yards so many times I couldn't even keep up, keep track. <laughs> and and he dumped the ball off a lot. And basically, threw, of his 16 interceptions, 18 counting the playoffs, 10 were trying to get the ball to DeAndre Hopkins. And so he was forced passes, and he's inaccurate. You guys know if you're inaccurate, you're, it's hard to get accurate. I don't know what Denver did. He wasn't great, but he threw for over 300 yards against New England. And won, and uh, he had some good games up there that he just didn't have here.
2: Well, he, he he was a uh, when you when John Elway wanted to keep him. I mean, he he tried to make an effort to keep him. It been one thing. If he John got Elway... up
0: to sixteen and a half million a year. Jimmy Sexton wanted the eighteen that Sam Bradford got. Rick Smith said, "Okay, I'll give you the eighteen if you don't shop it back." Checked with Osweiler. Okay, boom. That's how he got eighteen.
2: Yeah. That just that's amazing to me, though, uh, because I'm like you. I didn't watch I didn't watch Texas obviously nearly as much as you did. But when I watched them, I thought, boy, this guy is terrible. And for them to have gone as far as they did says a lot about, as you said, about their defense and what they've built there. And of course, they've been building that defense. And that was without
1: JJ Watt, right?
2: Yes, and that's without JJ Watt. So uh, to to think that you know, I, I I think that the Texans situation is very similar. To Denver's, in that uh, this is a these are teams with defenses ready to go. These are Super Bowl caliber defenses, and you can you can win. Oh, you don't have to have a great quarterback situation. You just got to kind of have somebody driving the bus uh, a little bit.
0: Two years ago, they started four quarterbacks, including Brandon Wheaton, T.J. Yates, Ryan Mallett, and Brian Hoyer. They had 28 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. They would kill for that kind of ratio from a quarterback again, twenty-eight and twelve. They were hoping to get something in that neighborhood from Osweiler and of course got fifteen and sixteen, but it's amazing how much more they got out of those four than they did him.
2: How much do they like Savage?
0: They like him, but he just can't stay healthy. He's he's got a great arm. He's really popular. But let me tell you about Osweiler. He works hard. He's a he's a great interview. Always takes the blame Gets criticized by everybody, never says a word, can handle any negative question. He gets there gets there first, last to leave. He does everything fine until so he steps on the field. Yeah. And so Savage is the same. They, they but he just his rookie year he got to play once, he hurt his broke his ankle. Next year, cowboy game last preseason hurt his shoulder. Last year he was going well over a three game spurt, boom, concussion. Didn't play again, and so when you don't play much and you get hurt every year, they're very, very skeptical that he could last a season, and they should be.
1: All right. Uh, well, let me just jump in here. And ask uh, Savage, I believe, was a fourth round pick, correct? Right, correct. Okay. When you look up the up up the road up I forty five, and you see the Cowboys quarterback who was uh, picked, I, th- I believe, in the fourth, in this round. fourth round. Yeah. What What do you see when you see Dak Prescott? Uh,
0: I saw a uh, quarterback that it may accomplished in an unprecedented fashion. There's never been a quarterback taken in the fourth round down, at least since I've been watching the NFL, who has played like he played. Yes, it helped have Elliott. And yes, it helped have a great offensive line. But the thing they did a tremendous job of coaching him. And I watched a lot of Cowboy games and they did it I thought a great job of asking, not asking him to do things he couldn't do. And, of course, he did a great job, the mental part. And he, I've seen other rookies play pretty well, but he played better than Ben Roethlisberger. He played better than, than just about any, than any rookie I can remember who was drafted where he was down. He's given – he and Marcus Mariota should have shut up these critics who say guys who come from spread systems need years to develop. Both played as rookies. Both played well. And I, I got to tell you guys, I voted for Prescott for MVP because if he had not been there, then you had Mark Sanchez. Would they have gone that
2: far with Sanchez? I don't uh, think so. I don't think so. No. And you know, the thing about, and I, I've said this about uh, Dak since about midway through the season. I think his best, his best attribute is his head. I just think he's re- he's really smart. He's really hardworking. He really gets it. He understands that. What he has to do as a quarterback, and I think one of the big differences between him and Tony Romo is that uh, the players have really embraced him, and not that they didn't like Tony; they liked him. But but uh, Prescott's a guy who's in the weight room and he's and he's working out with the guys, and he's he's enthusiastic, and he's trying to get people involved, and he's he's trying to. It's like he's trying to build something. Well, he's one of them. He's, he's he is he's one he's, of them. He's uh, yeah. He's
1: a young guy. You know. Well, them, I think that's part of Tony it. Tony Romo is is, an, is ancient to well, most of those but, guys,
2: but Tony never had that relationship. But, but Tony Tony is
1: teammates. a Tony guy in, in the locker room. Yeah, it's, he it's comes
2: across different. as mature
1: beyond his years.
2: Yes, he does, and I think he is. I, I think he and I and I'm with you. I remember you know going into the draft, and and of course you know I'm I'm looking and reading what people are saying, and and uh, and and you know watching. When I remember him playing, and, they, and people are not excited about Dak Prescott as a prospect, they're saying, "Yeah, you know, he's got some mechanical problems. His footwork's not good. If he's not if he's not lined up, uh, he, he makes some errant throws downfield." And yes, he's he's really a, a, a great kid. And we really like it, and, you know, the personality and all that. But this it, it kind of made it seem like, yeah, he's just a real project. Is what you were now. You were
0: everybody's going to go back, and they're going to look back at what how they evaluated him and they're going to say when they interviewed him why didn't why didn't we pick up on this? so now everybody's going to be looking for the next Prescott they're going to be looking and pay more attention to the heart and head and less to the to the stats but I, there was nobody at the combine talking about Prescott no buzz before the draft and man oh man it was a great pick by the Cowboys and think of all the teams that are kicking themselves for passing him up. And then, of course, Cowboys unable, well, refusing to give up that extra two to get Paxton Lynch turned out to be a godsend.
2: Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, speaking of the combine, it, that starts in, in two weeks. Is that not correct?
0: Starts, Uh, I'll say, I'm going on February 28th. It starts on March the 1st. And uh, it's a new format this year. They've changed it to be more like the Super Bowl where the media ordinarily, you go at eight in the morning, you leave at five, and they bring players in, and you usually have an idea about the positions, but you never know when. You could wait on a player for hours. Now what they're going to do between two and five every day, they're going to have set groups when they're going to bring in like running backs. They'll have risers and uh, it'll be much better for us knowing who's coming when.
2: How many of these combines have you been to, John?
0: Oh, gosh, Kevin. I've I've been going since there were five or six of us, taking out a lobby, grabbing players when they came out, trying to figure out who they were. Now there's – I don't know if they've reached over a 1,000, but everywhere (laughs) we've been for a media room, we've outgrown it. We were on the club level of RCA – of the – RCA, Jesus. Lucas Oil Stadium. Now they're moving us back into the convention center, which is great, so they should have more room. Literally, we had tables last year right outside the bathroom doors because it couldn't have had any more room. (laughs) They've got a little radio row that comes now, but it has become a huge TV event because of the NFL Network, and I think players work harder when they know their own TV.
1: John, were you you a thumbs-up or thumbs-down guy for Jerry Jones for the Hall of Fame?
0: I was a thumbs-up for Jerry. I thought he was a lock. I'll tell you guys a story. Ten years ago, I wrote a column that Jerry Jones was going to get in the Hall of Fame. Randy Galloway ripped me up one side, down the other. I can't believe that. Will you come on my show? I said, I sure will. And I went on, and I was hoping I wished Randy was back on one day so I could go on the air with him. And the reason I wrote it was because I saw things, and heard things about how the league was changing and adopting a lot of the things that Jerry was recommending. And I was hearing people, instead of this guy who just fell off the turnip truck on the way from from Arkansas, to so this guy's pretty smart. You know, he's showing us how to make more money. Jerry has been a mover and shaker behind the scene, a power broker in the NFL. When Stan Kroenke went to L.A., Everybody's franchise increased twenty five million immediately, and or I know I'm sorry it was worth it increased more than that. It was worth like twenty five million more per year for every team in the league. And Jerry got that deal done. You know anybody wants anything done now, they try to get Jerry to lead it because he's very very influential. There's been a few other owners that want to beat Jerry, want to run the show. And we made sure we were voting on Jerry the <laughs> owner, not the
2: GM. Yeah, that's right. Well, listen, listen. you love Randy. I love Randy. But Randy is also the guy who said that if the Mavericks had had the chance, they should have taken Melvin Turpin over Michael Jordan. You say that. You bring
1: that up all the time. I
2: do bring that up. That's kind of an all-timer. You know, I, I, every year I write about the mistakes I made that year. and uh, But I still don't have one that matches that one, I don't think. That was, that was a bad one. Uh, all right, you know, Barry hijacked that, that, that conversation. I want to get back to the combine. If you going into this combine, is there anybody that you are uh, up to see? Is there somebody that, that, that really intrigues you, or are you just waiting to see what happens when you get there?
0: I'm waiting to see every quarterback. Right now the top three in no apparent order, Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Kaiser, and uh, uh, Mitch um, Trubisky. has yeah. only played one year, only started one year. How, based on watching Watson against Alabama the last two years, how he could not be number one is just astonishing. And I think because the Browns, the 49ers, the Bears, the Jets, all need quarterbacks, I think when all is said and done, the combine, the private workouts, pro days, lunches and dinners, those guys' stock will go up. I'm looking at that next group, Pat Mahomes from Tech, Brad Kaya from Miami, Davis Webb, Cal, Nathan Peterman-Pitt. 'Cause I'm thinking would one of those guys be somebody that the Texans like that they might draft? I'd tell you something that's a sad state of affairs is how few players the Big Twelves got going. Texas got one forming their running back. The Aggies are bragging they got a half as many as the Big Twelve and I'm thinking, well they should have been better in eight and five, shouldn't they? Yeah. And it's not a
2: recommendation, that's for sure. <laughs> is
0: it, is, is it, is does it, it mean, excuse does it mean that the Big 12's loaded? For next season, or they just don't
2: have a lot of prospects. Uh, you know, I, I think this is, goes back to what people were saying about the the, the end of uh, of Mac Brown's uh, career there at Texas. He he missed on a lot of guys. You know, he, we certainly missed on a lot of quarterbacks. It's unbelievable. It, it seems like every year we hear about another quarterback who wanted to go to Texas, and Mac said no. Uh, so yeah, I, I will say this about Patrick Mahomes. And I, I kind of been on his bandwagon. I think he's going to go to the combine, and he's going to blow it out. He is such a tremendous athlete, and when they look at all the measurables with him, they're going to say, man, this guy has got everything. The problem there at Tech for him was that they were so bad that he was having to do a lot of things that it kind of played to his strengths, but also to the things he does where he's a little bit wild. He'll He'll run one direction and throw the other. But he can do that, and he has the ability and the strength and the arm strength and the strength in his wrist to be able to, to, to make those kinds of throws. But I, I don't know if he's going to be a star or not uh, because, obviously, he's got to make that transfer of, of being under center and doing those things and how well does he adjust to all that. Uh, but I don't think he's a system quarterback at Texas Tech like all the guys who've come before him. I think he's a much better athlete than any of those guys were, and I think, I think he's got a real shot.
0: Isn't it amazing if Baker Mayfield had come out, the former Texas Tech quarterbacks, as well as Mahomes, all that would go high.
2: That's unbelievable.
1: Isn't isn't Texas tight end prospect Tyrone Swoops, he won't he won't
2: be at the combine? No, nope,
0: he's not at the combine. Only Foreman. Now mm.
2: that's that's just unbelievable, isn't it? When's the last time that you can remember that there was just one Texas guy at the combine?
0: Well, even when they didn't have anybody drafted a couple of years ago, they at least had couple guys at the Combine, that's a sad state of affairs. I think Baylor's got three. And, uh, you know, Mahomes, sometimes when you scout a player, what that player does under duress is just as important to scouts as what he does when everything is going really well. You know, that game where he threw, what, 700-and-something yards against Oklahoma? Mm -hmm. Right. I don't care if he threw it across his body. I don't care how he threw it. they're going to like it. I remember how he just tormented Baylor. And I think that uh, people are going to like his size, everything about him. I think the success of Prescott and Mariota is going to help a guy like Mahomes, where people will try to look beyond the system and look more at the player himself.
2: Yeah, I agree. You know, the the Sean Watson thing is really intriguing to me, too, because, you know, after last year, I thought, boy, this guy is just terrific. I I would – you know he's my favorite quarterback I've seen coming out of college in the last five years, and then he had, he threw a lot of interceptions this year, and I'm sure that was one of the big questions everybody had about him was that he, he's a winner, he does the right things, he's smart, he's poised, but then he just makes some some throws you just don't get and you don't understand, and I'm wondering, and I'm sure that's going to be that's going to come up in a lot of the conversations they have with him.
0: It will be, but you know what? The same thing with Jameis Winston—he threw a lot of interceptions. Yeah, yes, he did his last year, and he threw a lot as a rookie. He threw a lot this year, but he helped the Buccaneers have a winning record.
2: That might just be the kind of guy he is, right? Some some quarterbacks uh, are not quite as clean with the ball as others, but they still do enough to to win games for you because of all the other things they bring to the table.
0: I'd like—I have not seen an analysis of each throw. How many interceptions really are so unfair? And I. And I I kept up with this this year, how many were Osweiler's fault and how many were his receivers. But people don't want to hear it, how receivers will run wrong routes. That's the thing about Watson. Were they bad throws, bad mental decisions? Did a receiver run the wrong route? Did it ricochet off somebody's hands? That's what you have to analyze. And I think that's what they did for Jameis Winston. And that's the reason he went first overall, is they determined a lot of those interceptions were not his fault and they may be able to figure that out with Watson as well. All
2: right, let's look at what the the kind of projecting ahead, not only from the combine, but for the draft. The Cowboys are are drafting number 28. Uh, We all know that they need help on defense. We all know that they needed help on defense in this last draft, and with the first pick they had, the fourth pick of the draft, they took Ezekiel Elliott, which no one's going to argue with that now. And I didn't argue with it then because of the caliber of of running back you were getting, and I'm a big believer in you take the best player you can get. Uh, at twenty-eight, if they were going to stick uh, to defense, uh, if they were going to take a defensive end, do you have any favorites out there already?
0: I don't, not down there. I'll tell you what about there's some. This is a good draft for edge rushers, and it's a really good draft for corners and safeties. There is depth. There's talent. There. This is so unusual. There could be two safeties taken in the top ten, but wow. there are good edge rushers and not many inside guys, but edge rushers, corners, safeties, there's going to be so many of them. When I hear people talk about, all this draft's not as good, every draft is good if you know what you're doing. You know, people talk about the 2013 draft, how bad it was in the first round, and it was, but it wasn't because those guys weren't talented that were taken, that bombed out or were cut and moved to other teams. It's because a lot of times – the guy's got talent, but the coaching's bad. The system's bad. You know, good coaches will adapt what they ask the player to do to his strengths, try to minimize his weaknesses. Some take that player and try to force him to fit into what they do. And that's not good coaching, and that's why some of them bomb out and end up going and excelling somewhere else.
2: Now, I want to ask you a very dangerous question here, uh, at least in this market. Uh, and and the Cowboys have done a much better job with Will McClay running the the, the draft the last few years of of, of actually this last draft could be one of the best drafts they ever had if these guys work out like they they should or the way they look like they're going to, um, but there's some speculation now because of Miles Garrett's uh, abilities and because of the kind of guy he is and and because he's here and because he'd like to be a Cowboy that what if Jerry Jones put up a package together and traded up for that pick?
1: What is he gonna? What could, What would he have to do to do What that? would he have to do well, to, to do that? Well, first of
0: all, it, it's impossible to go from the bottom to the top like that. You would end up having to give – because the team in return would get low number one picks. And the idea is to try to get a high number one pick. Cleveland will take him because he's the best prospect. And their new defensive coordinator, Greg Williams, is all about pressure. and Garrett will be his weak side in and barring injury, he'll be great. But if you wanted to try to trade up for something like that, which has never been done that far down, you would have to give up multiple players and multiple high picks. And I don't even know you could give up the picks because Cowboys are loaded to stay near the top for Mm -hmm. several years. And so it's like like the Texans. I wrote a thing about if Bill Belichick wants to trade Jimmy Garoppolo, He'll call the Texans, but why would you trade him somewhere where you get the 25th pick and presumably a low pick next year in the 20s instead of one of these teams that, like Cleveland has the 12th pick in the first round, somebody like that. So that's why the Cowboys' picks would be too low to move up to take a player like that. that eye. Yeah.
2: Because, and one last question about the draft, John. I know you've been on a long time with us, and we appreciate you taking this time. Because of where they're they're picking at twenty eight, and because of just what you said, there's a lot of uh, good uh, defensive backs in the draft. There's a lot of good edge rushers, a lot of guys who are, are certainly grouped together, and not a lot of difference between them. Uh, they they are still in position at twenty eight. Don't you think if they if they have a if, if a John Ross, if an OJ Howard, if somebody like that drops to them a tight end, a wide receiver, that they can still take the best guy they have on their board and still get in the second round. A, a, a guy who can make a, a contribution at defensive end. Oh, of course, of yeah.
0: course. Look at—I mean, look. Last year they take a guy in the fourth round, and get a contribution. If you know what you're doing, and 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 it is deep for the secondary and deep for edge rushers. There's if say OJ Howard, I don't think he'll be there. But it's there's some depth at tight end as well, and there's yes. a lot of depth at wide receiver, a lot, and uh, but. I'm just – because that offense has got so much talent. It just seems like they've got to add to the defense. And because it's good, uh, there's talent down where they pick. I'd be surprised this year. Because Ezekiel Elliott was special. He was – I predicted he'd lead the league in rushing as soon as they drafted him because of that offensive line and because he was such a three-down player because he could catch and block that I just – I told everybody on all my – shows that Ezekiel Elliott or Todd Gurley would lead the league in rushing. And uh he was just such a special player and I don't think there's somebody's gonna jump out like that. I bet you they'll have a bunch of guys on defense at that in that area with a few guys on offense, and they'll go defense. Because yeah. Rod Marinelli's going to be standing on his head to get
2: a defensive player. <laughs> yeah, he needs them to get where he wants to go. John, it's it's terrific to have you on here. We'd love to do this again sometime, and maybe after the combine, have you come back and talk about what you saw and uh, what you experienced there. And it's always great to talk to you. And I will see you next week, I'm sure, in Waco at the Texas Sports Hall of Fame banquet. Will I not? Ooh,
0: I forgot all about that. What day is it? <laughs> That's
2: on Tuesday, John.
0: It's on Tuesday. Yep,
1: Look, I'll be there. Well, you're a busy you guy. Yeah. Very much, John. Yeah. Obviously, you're a busy guy, and you can't keep up. Kevin has nothing to do. I so. got nothing to do. He's like an absolutely. old man. If he has something to do next week, he's like, oh, not can like I go an go old yet? man. I am an old man. Can I go yet? Yeah. Can I go yet? John? This I is... got to
0: come see. I got to come see. Wade Phillips be inducted. Absolutely, absolutely. He's one of the all time greats.
1: Yes, John. Thanks so much. <laughs> thanks, John. My
0: pleasure, guys. Anytime. Thank see you.
1: Okay. There goes John McLean,
2: the general. is Is he is he a real Texan? Uh, sounds sure. You sounds know, I'm like trying him. to remember where John's from. I know, like I knew that he went to to Baylor, and I think he grew up in Waco. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, or he grew up in the area. I believe that's, yeah, he, I mean, that's he, right. Yeah, he he he's plugged in. He, yes, he is. You know, and that's the funny thing is that, like I said, when I was working at the Houston Post, he was at the Chronicle, and was plugged in then. Boy, he and you know we had a guy, that, and I loved him on the orders beat, but John just beat his brain. out. Who was that? I don't want to bring it up. Ray Buck. Yeah, it could have been.
1: But but my the great point is when I used to occasionally be be in Houston, John was always very nice to me, and he was always very
2: helpful. Always very helpful to everybody. And you know what? He got me in the movies. In, in which movie? The Rookie. I, we should have uh, brought that, that up. That's a baseball movie. It was a baseball movie. John had some ties to you know uh, 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 Kevin Lee Hancock, not Kevin Lee Hancock. It's uh, John Lee Hancock. I uh, got my Hancock's mixed up. John Lee Hancock uh his brother is Kevin Hancock who played linebacker at Baylor. And uh I believe that's his brother, maybe maybe a nephew. But at any rate Who is he? Hancock is is a director, a Hollywood director, and he directed the rookie. And uh in any anyway, they made that, as you know, the story of uh, Jim Morris, Jim the Morris. reliever.
1: Yes, I went to Big Lake, Texas, or Big Spring, Texas Big, I went Big Spring I went yeah. and talked to him before this all started.
2: Before all that started. And anyway, in in the that was the that was the when we were in the press box, uh, he won sports riders and then obviously the reason he wants sports riders so we'll write about it. But he, he wants to get sports riders in the press box. Also, they, the the pay scale is low. I think very low. And uh, and it's at one point, the director looks at me and says, "Okay, I want you to go. You go sit down here. All right? Oh, this is going to be I, your David
1: Moore story. David I know Moore that
2: and David Moore jumped up and ran past me. And went down there and sat down. And so, in the movie, when they show the scene in the press box, you see the profile of David Moore instead of my beautiful profile.
1: That's done a lot for David's career, though. Has yeah, it? Has it? He's, he's been in I, a I lot have, of movies. I'm since. about
2: four seats down. I'm the orange blur in the about four seats down. That's me. Maybe that, <laughs> that was maybe that was my screen debut.
1: At, it was your debut and your and swan finale, song. Too. Yes, it was both. But but he but he was terrific. Do you have any? Do we want to add anything? Because. And you know what? He never even asked where Evan Grant was today. He doesn't care. Who
2: cares? Who cares where Evan Grant is? Where is Evan Grant? I don't know. I think, think he, Evan Grant I think is he in quit Surprise. Us. He quit us. And I think we're, we're going to have a podcast with him from Surprise. Yes, we up. are. Yes, we are. He's out there in Surprise. This was, this was uh, one of the first days that everybody's supposed to show up. Okay, so maybe
1: we should say goodbye and move on to Evan. Goodbye,
2: and let's move on to Evan. Okay, bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Cowboys Ballsy with a Z podcast.